Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. of Nightlight. Um, tonight is the start of our six-year collaboration. Uh, so, you know, looking forward to, you know, five uh, years has been uh, fantastic and you know, looking forward to um, next year. Um, we have uh, a fascinating show for You know, the anniver- this anniversary show. Um, I'd like to do a uh, preface for uh, tonight's show. Um, after the July congressional hearings on uh, UFOs, you know, I was uh, flipping through the channels and uh, you know the five uh, was uh, doing a recap of the. Uh, testimonies and, and Her- Harold Ford was on there you know, you know, kind of expressing some skepticism uh, maybe show- showing uh, some disinterest about UFOs um, and he, he was clearly expressing his opinion but as we will be discussing tonight were his uh, responses more of a reflection of and the stigma within uh, the black community not to discuss UFOs so uh, um, tonight show is going to be touching on topics like that uh, might get into a little bit of the uh, 
last month's uh, congressional hearings. And you know, to do that, we have Roderick Martin from Ancient Aliens and the Why the Big Secret podcast, and he is spearheading the Black Project. We have Ramona Scott, my partner in crime for a few projects, and intergalactically renowned as a podcaster as well. Samuel Chong, um, um, is the spokesman for Michelle DeMarquet's the Theuba prophecy and. He is the Samuel is the author of Thirty Three and One Third, and this is Samuel's uh, second appearance with us. And Michael Carter is returning again this week and making about his tenth appearance on Nightlight. Um, he is the author of three terrific UFO books: Alien Scriptures, A New World If You Can Take It, and Initiation. So um, I want to thank everyone for uh, joining uh, this panel tonight, and um, I should probably start off with Roderick and have him explain the concept behind the Black Project, uh, what is it, and what are your goals. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Mark, for having me here, Ramona, and you know, and the rest of the crew. Um, it's a pleasure, you know, really being here on your show and and you know, being able to kind of share uh, the initiative of Project Black. And and it all just begins real quickly that you know I've been doing this for quite some time. I was on Clubhouse app. I was one of the three of the first winner, and with Clubhouse was an audio app, and you're allowed to you know, create what we call audio shows, and people will come up into the room and talk their experiences. So over 400 different interviews that I've done several years ago and, and really started to kind of make note of how many of those were coming from the African-American uh, community. Uh, thus, at that time, being on, you know, Ancient Aliens, Discovery Channel, history, you know, then, of course, uh, Gaia a few times, and, and all within the expression of talking about the extraterrestrial experiences within the indigenous and African-American community, you still get a lot of limited stories. And, and so I decided to write a book, uh, Mark and, and Ramona, and I, I decided to write a book. And when I started trying to collect information on this book, this history of what it comes down to uh, our community, then I, I was I was just blown away. Uh, I couldn't find no data. I couldn't find information. I couldn't find stories. And don't, and don't get me wrong. I, I can tell people all day long that I'm looking for experiences in a black community, and the number one story pops up, well, you got Betty and Barney Hill. Okay, so that's not the total representation of those stories uh, outside of other experiences. You know, I know Michael and, and all of rest, you know, different people have had them, but I was just trying uh -huh. to ask the question on a more of a corporate scale, right, or commercial books and TV shows, documentaries. And that's where it became that they just wasn't there. And so when I started thinking about that, I looked into history, and, and I found a, a reason, uh, and I'll share it real quickly and turn it back over to you, 
was that um, when you start thinking about history, you know, MUFON is an organization I work with. I'm a, a certified UFO investigator for them, but MUFON was formed in 1969, and you had uh, Peter's National um, UFO Reporting Center, and, and that was about the only two. But if you go back into the 1920s, 1930s, 40s, 50s, when we had, you know, racial segregation, uh, systemic racism, all of these things, the only place that a person of color who probably would have reported UFO would have been the local sheriff's department. Now, I can ask this question to your audience, to anyone. You know, what person of color during that time would have went to the local sheriff's department and said, hey, I saw a UFO, uh, you know, I'm not crazy, you know, and then I already know. And, and don't get me wrong, if you wasn't African-American, a person of color, they was treating you crazy about a UFO encounter. So imagine that side of the level. So that was a, a deer in the headlights that, hey, wait a minute, you got a whole history of, of area that those stories are not reported, they're not, they're disproportionately represented. And when you have a situation like that, when you are trying to get the facts, what are we truly missing in stories and other encounters that could have connected the dots when we have a whole segment of population that, number one, that wouldn't have talked about it because there were just so many social implications. And when you get into today, then there, it's just not going to happen because there's other things to deal with. So there are hence Project Black, which stands for an acronym of the Black League of Alien Contact Knowledge. And this is for everyone. This is for everyone to share in the journey uh, to uh, begin to help us focus as a collective on an area that is uh, disproportionately reported, and therefore we may begin the process finding other stories, whether they're in the military, whether they worked for some contractor, whether they worked for the government, whether they were an individual who was abducted. So imagine the thousands of stories that we now can collect and, and then also add it to the data of the other thousands of stories. We might not get a bigger truth of what we're seeking, and that's uh, where I stand for. And, again, thank you for having me here. Thank you for everyone else being here. Back to you. Okay. Um Michael and Roderick, do you think Ancient Aliens has made it more acceptable for people to come forward uh, to talk about their stories, you know, reported to uh, – all the MUFON uh, state chapters, you know, do, do, do you feel that your uh, multiple appearances have um, brought, brought about change since, you know, you know I mean, just start off with, you know, like Bar- Barney Hill's uh early 60s experience. You want to handle that, Mike? Or uh, yeah. You want to go um, first? Yeah, let me go first. You know, Mark, it's a good question. I, I don't know if ancient... Okay. My appearances on ancient aliens 
which has been on and off since about 2014, 2015, I think has obviously made me more visible, but a lot of the comments I got were from people of color who watched the show who would say, you know, it's about time they had a little flavor on there or, boy, there's a, there's a man of color, there's a black man on the show, and, and he's a minister. I, I think that opened some doors. Ancient Aliens, at least in my experience, in and of itself, is not about experiences. It's about the ancient astronaut theory. Um, but, you know, television being the medium that it is, it, it, it's given me more exposure. Therefore, other people of color have seen me and um, have, you know, have, have said, wow, this is a good thing. Uh, let me tell you about some stories I've had. And even if they didn't have any stories, it was just something new. So I, 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 give, I give them credit for that. They have made the subject less taboo, well, especially now since our government is talking about it. And, and they've been on for so long that, uh, you know, people don't snicker anymore. And part of that is because of ancient aliens. Right. Okay, and Roderick, did, did did you want to follow up? Yeah, you know, and it, so I'll I'll piggyback on what Michael said. You know, and of course, again, he's been featured on Ancient Aliens, um, you know, lots of times. You know, I just have been there once, and then and then you know, of course, about five or six, seven other shows. Now, the only contrast to that, that Ancient Alien has been around 17 uh, years, and, and they've had multiple episodes. And like you said, they kind of take people on this journey of not really never answering the question. But what, what really doesn't happen, and, and for me, I think, is that I can't tell you the population of African Americans that watches Ancient Aliens, Right that ancient aliens could be an effect on. Now, there are some of us that do. I'm not saying that they don't. But when you get down to a ground level, and, and then, like Michael says, they don't focus on the experiences. They focus, they focus more on what's happening in the sky. I think that we should focus on what's happening people on the ground. And once we started going in that direction, this is when the breakoff happens. And like I said, it's not that – and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying – that we don't hear these stories because there's racist people. No, it's just that there's things that were in place that wouldn't probably have given a voice to African Americans who, who probably have been receiving experiences uh, and different things. So, therefore, it's a void. It's a huge void. Um, so if you think about documentaries, go in there. Go, go find, and, and I challenge your audience to make comments to this if they can. Tell me five stories. Give me more, and then let's exclude Betty and Barney Hill that you've heard from these different perspectives. Although, like I said before, we were on the same. You, you got to know when you hear the uh, Navy story with David Fravor and the boats and airplanes, there had to be, you know, African and black people on the same ship that was in the military. When, you know, Robert Salas talks about the Maelstrom Air Force Base when they came and turned off the nuclear weapons. There was African-Americans in that army on that base at the same time. 
And what I'm saying is a different perspective of different connectivity could mean a lot more information for us. And so I don't I wouldn't give ancient aliens to say that they have opened up the Pandora's box. Now by them having Michael and myself on and Billy Carson, you know, giving them a little more diversity of people to talk to. But I don't think they have delved into to say, okay, we're going to go down into this mystery of, of, a, of a population that, you know, we don't have no stories from. And what if we did? What if there was some other type of context? What if there was uh, some things that someone got some downloads that answered some more star constellations? Or what if there was just what if is the biggest challenge of this? All right, and I bring uh, Samuel and Ramona, and maybe start with Ramona. Uh, Ramona, when when you talk to people and you know, or doing your uh, conferences, get-togethers, are you, you finding that? Uh, People are your friends might be you know, whispering a little bit more uh, frequently about it. Or are they uh, becoming you know, uh, just more uh, vocal about uh, what they may have uh, witnessed or experienced? Well, I. Um I've been trying to see if there has been a difference, but it's still a little quiet. And as I was sitting here listening, I thought, you know, maybe part of the reason they don't now, they will speak freely of um, otherworldly experiences rather than put the label of UFO on it. And I think that is their way of coping because they're more open about, you know, seeing spirits or uh, something in the woods or whatever like that than they would to say, I think I saw a UFO or a fine saucer. I saw something. You know, they'd rather have something that's more, um, I don't know what the word would be. Tangible? Yes, yes, because, you know, everybody talks about ghosts and this and that, but we don't, as a community, talk about visitation from someone from outer space. And I think partly is because of their religious upbringing and in the church most, uh, brought up in the church in some form of fashion, and so they tend to label these experiences as seeing something that is more on the sinister, evil side. If that makes sense to you, I don't know. What, what do you oh. think, Michael? Oh, I think I know Roderick and I talk about this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's a couple of things. The first thing is this, at least from my experience, um, you know, it, and, and this is for white brothers and sisters as well, but I know for these shows, 
if you're on the show, it's it's um you know it's really imperative that you've written something. This is I've been doing this for 25 years, and it was it's just like people take you more seriously if you've written something. Okay, that's number mm-hmm. one. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that is something um, that you have to deal with. Uh, I have a friend now who's working on a book, a white brother who's a politician in the Midwest, and he's been doing a couple of shows here and there before the writer's strike. But um, he even knows that if I've written something, um, people will work with me. I'm taken more seriously. Second, and much to, and this is, to Ramona's point, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Brother Roderick will chime in. Sometimes we, as uh, African American people, um, in my experience, and it's many of us, we're not a monolith. We all don't think alike, nor should we. But a lot of stuff is just taboo. Um, if you can't explain, I have a sister extremely evangelical, um, you know, loves the Lord. I'm using her language. But she cannot get with me on this because it's it's about demons. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about, um, you know, it reminds me from that line from Shakespeare, you know, it doesn't matter how much evidence you give her. She says, well, you know, uh, Satan can, can appear as an angel of light. Right. It's like there's nothing you can say. It reminds me of the quote from Shakespeare. Um, Hamlet says, the spirit I've seen, um, um, maybe the devil and the devil have power to assume a pleasing shape. And so we, we kind of put ourselves in this box. Or if you do talk about it, it's like, well, that's what white folks talk about. What are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> some, you're, 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 it's like your blackness is some, somehow challenged. Uh, because you've kind of you've kind of gone over into this kind of taboo zone, but I think a lot of it is um, religiously based. That if I don't understand it, and white brothers and sisters have this too. Don't get me wrong. I'm here in the South. I'm in the Bible Belt. I'm in Billy Graham country, and so uh, it, it it goes there. But you still have some offsetting things where there's a great part of the population of the dominant culture who is open to it. This is the success of these shows like Ancient Aliens. But for uh, African-Americans, you know, some, you know, it's a stigma. And, you know, um, who, wants to, who wants to go up against that? Who wants to challenge all of that, you know, uh, uh, centuries of church history and what have you? Exactly. And I think that... Yeah. That keeps us. Hey, Mike. Um, Michael, out of can the I loop. jump in? Michael, hi. Yes. Can I jump yes. in? Just you know, I I can offer sure. you only my perspective of this, and and you're right. Um, with the radio show that I do, uh, you have to have written something. But of course, you know the you know the author's ethnicity is not on the books. But I I I. I have people on the show that have written something, and and uh, usually because if you've written something, you have something to talk about and can fill two hours. Um, so I, I think you're absolutely right, though. The the you know I I have turned a blind eye to to individuals because I don't know what their what their um, 
what 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 kind of information they have to share. And if you've written a book, then you at least have the book you can talk about. And that is probably a very unfair um, way to look at it. But but you know, it's the only way I'm sure I can fill two hours. But you have a very strong point here, and um, it is you know it. Somebody has to have written a book in order for me to have them on the show so that I can talk about what what they what they have experienced and and there are you know more more on one side than the other side but but you're absolutely true uh, it it's true um I don't think color comes into it but it but it does and and it's a shame because it shouldn't so that's my three cents and not only that. But it's not something has a whole, let's see, because I'm almost 70, all right? Uh And I was very much interested in esoterical things, so I read a lot of non-mainstream books more so than the mainstream. And so I was aware of certain things, and I stepped outside of the box, and then you look at another section of people that don't do that, and so it's like with anything, if they experience something, they can only identify it with it with something that they know of, and back in the 60s and 70s, I mean, you know, sci-fi um, was starting to become big, and that brought a more universal awareness of things. In the black community, there is more of a of a um, spiritual type thing going on, where even back through before slavery and in the continent. Uh, as well as Native Americans, working with spirits and things like that was common among the people before the influx of Christianity. So you would come across more stories and more people who are willing to tell you about uh, weird beings, like take, for instance, my mom, who's raised by a Pentecostal preacher. Now, my mom, what I know now is that as she was growing up, she could see into the other dimension. And she didn't know that. I didn't know that when she would tell us, you know, the stories. But she could see the people that no one else could see. And they were like giants. Now, they could have been aliens, for all we know. And so she never was very vocal about it, but, you know, in the church, in the community, you know, people were aware of things like that, especially around Louisiana, because a lot of weird stuff was happening down there. Mm -hmm. And it was something that they could put a name on it. And then with my experience, even with my knowledge of all the UFO sightings throughout the millennia, um, I, it was hard for me to believe, but I knew 
that that's what it was, but it still freaked me out that I didn't want to tell anybody. Okay. Until... Go ahead. I oh, mean, no, it's just uh, that... Uh, it's, it, it's a stigma that you don't, because it's, it's hard for you to um, uh, wrap around, you know? It's almost like reading the book of Ezekiel. How many people, uh, you know, will focus on Ezekiel in the Bible? And that's basically about uh, an encounter. Mm-hmm. They, they go right past it because it's just too, too much. Yeah. It really is uh, a pretty weird um, uh, uh, chapter that you uh, really aren't expecting to encounter. I think think also, though, too, um, you know, it's eyes wide shut. I mean, it's right there if you look at it, but we're already taught that if you challenge that narrative, especially from a religious point of view, then somebody needs to pray for you or there's yeah. something wrong with you. I mean, if you look at now, look at now, let's, okay, we went to, Roderick brought up uh, uh, Barney. Um, okay, I remember the, 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 um, the, 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 the TV show V. Now, they did a, a remake yeah. of it, and Brother Chestnut, Morris Chestnut, played this reptilian right. Who was in? Who is a man of color? It was interesting. It was never explained. He, uh, you know, it, it, he's he's an extraterrestrial. He's a reptilian, but he decides to take on the body of a black man. But that was never talked about. You know what I mean? Uh, the rest of the cast was was predominantly white, but they were white actors who were playing reptilians. Then you go to uh, Brother from Another Planet, Joe Morton. Okay, who comes here? He he crash lands. He's from uh, another planet. He lands in Harlem. John Sayles did the movie. It did okay at the box office. It's kind of like a cult classic. Now we look at uh, uh, Brother Cheetahwell Ejiofor, who just finished doing it was a wonderful job. Uh, the man who fell to Earth. He did not play the David Bowie character. Uh, Bill Nye did, and he is the protagonist. Uh, Cheetah Well is the protagonist. Um, uh, the, the three main principal stars of the show uh, were people of color and then Bill Nye. But those are three I can name off the top of my head. But that's only three. And, okay, right. so for the first time, you see uh, people of color playing extraterrestrials. This is 2023. Yeah. And, I, you know, when you're on social media – or when you look, now it's changing, I, I, I got to give it that, but when you look at these shows, I mean, when you look at the people who are doing these conferences, it is predominantly white male, okay? And, 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 and you know, it's just, and, you know, we don't have, I'm not going to say it's done intentionally, but you, we talk about raising consciousness and changing consciousness. Now, I am seeing more women, white women, but I am seeing some uh, sisters in there or women of color, but even today, if you go on Facebook, if you look at these, there's a conference here, there's a conference here, there's a, it's predominantly white male. 
And so as Roderick was saying, because intentionally or not, it's really not the issue. But when are we going to be willing to listen to someone else's story? Uh, Native American folks have been talking about climate change and the earth changes that are coming since they've been on the planet. Al Gore, (laughs) I love Al Gore, but people were talking about this way before Al Gore. And so this is what I'm saying. It's just part of the American consciousness. And what we're saying is, and what Roderick is doing, uh, and Barbara said it, uh, this is a very important show because we're trying to say that other people's stories need to be included. I just watched um, the 761st African-American Tank Battalion liberated, uh, fought with Patton, under Patton, liberated uh, some concentration camps. You didn't see them in Private Ryan. You didn't see them. Morgan Freeman Freeman produced this, and he said, this is part of American history. Why do I have to fill in the gaps? Yes. Um, This is why I think uh, Roderick's uh, Black Project is so important, is to really to bring out the voices of uh, the minorities here in the U.S. and also in the world, in in this field, because, you know, uh, I'm Chinese. I'm Samuel Chong. I'm Chinese. And, um, you know, in in China, where I I come from, a lot of people just portray that the UFO disclosures uh, have been made by people of the the, the white uh, males. And there hasn't been any kind of... uh, like African-American figure in China that's really prominent in this field at all. And, and but, but on the other hand, the book, uh, The Oba Prophecy, is a uh, best-seller in China. And according to the book, the blacks and the yellows, the, the, the blacks and the yellows came to earth first, way before the Caucasians, way before the um, ancestors of the Polynesians, and way before the Jewish people. And so I think this is why we really need to work together and this is why I'm so interested in becoming involved in the Black Project in bringing out uh, information to the, to the people in China and Taiwan so that they can be uh, more aware of uh, the, the people from different perspectives. And also, because of the popularity of the book, uh, The Oba Prophecy, I think this is a very good opportunity to uh, bring out the, like, voices of people of color to um, people in Asia. And I think uh, it's also important to realize that all men, all, all humankind created equal. So when God created every one of us, it inserted a tiny portion of itself to each one of us. It doesn't really matter if they're black or, or uh, Asian or yellow or, or Caucasian or white or, or kind of green color or blue-colored person. It really doesn't matter. You're all created by, by this one creator. And we are all part of God, and God is part of us as well. So we need to work together and bring harmony um, uh, to this world. And I think, uh, especially given the fact that in the past, um, I mean, in ancient civilizations, the blacks and the yellows collaborated and created a very harmonious world. And I think we can also uh, do that uh, in, in the current, in the modern times as well to raise people's consciousness and also to create a more 
kind of knowledge, uh, a more harmonious world, and to make example for the rest of the world. And if you really look at the people in, in Africa and also people in um, Latin America, they seem to be living a more spiritual life than the um, the modern industrial world like Europe and North, like in the United States. Um, I think uh, it also goes back to the meaning of life is to live a more spiritual life and not to be so focused and drop down the materialistic aspects of life because we cannot take away the material wealth when we die. But what we can take away is the spiritual lessons that we learn in each of our lifetimes. So I think it's important for us to all work together. And I really appreciate Roderick's initiative in what he's doing um, for the Black Project. In, in, in Samuel, when... Um you know, Michael was talking a few minutes ago, you know, he's uh, given the examples of, you know, so, some may uh, see ETs as you know, shape-shifting uh, demons, and Ramona, uh, you know, brought up, you know, regional folklore, you know, around uh in Louisiana, you know, maybe you know, New Orleans you know, comes to mind. You know, you've uh, recently traveled to Japan and also uh, uh, been researching uh, the uh, concept that uh, Jesus was buried in uh, uh, Japan. You, so, what do some of the uh, Japanese, uh, you know, uh, colleagues uh, say about their experiences? Are you know, they are Japanese or Asian cultures more? Uh, open to discussing uh, the UFO phenomenon? Yes, uh, the Japanese uh, colleagues are really open to discussing the UFO phenomenon. And uh, in, in the book, The Uber Prophecy, it talks about uh, there's a tomb of Jesus in Shingo village, Japan. And when mm-hmm. I did some research um, on that aspect, in I find that uh, the village, the people in the village have uh, unique customs that uh, are very different from the nearby villages. Um, so, but the concept of Jesus and Christ are is really uh, very different for the people who is who are unfamiliar with the book, because according to the book, uh, Jesus was indeed born of the Virgin Mary, and he was born from the embryo implanted by the ETs, the Theobans, who really wanted to fulfill the prophecy and to let the people know that something extraordinary was going to be born that way. He, because he was born out of an embryo, he had to pass, his astral body had to pass through what the ancient Nagas called the river of oblivion, forgetting uh, so all the knowledge to perform miracles. So that young Jesus, even though he was highly spiritual and knowledgeable, having a very 
in that conversation with the teachers at the temple, he couldn't perform miracles. He traveled to India. So this is why some people say Jesus went to India and um, traveled to China and died in Japan. So there's a tomb of Jesus in Japan. But Christ, on the other hand, is a, another figure, another being, uh, and who, whose purpose is to show people um, that there's death after, there's life after death by having himself to be crucified on the cross and, and resurrected after three days after. And he was able to perform miracles because he remembered um, everything and he was um, kind of uh, like an E.T. who took on the body made by the students to be like the appearance of Jesus so that he was able to perform miracles so that his teachings could be believed by the people at that time. Because um, um, people in the past, especially the ancient, the people in ancient times, are just like us. If you cannot perform miracles, your teachings, your kind of um, doctrines are not going to be believed by the people because you're just a regular person. So they had to send someone special, a Christ-like figure, to perform miracles for people to believe in. So, so this is... Um, the Japanese people are very open to this concept, and the Chinese people are also open to this concept as well because they really don't have a lot of um, um, preconceived notions about uh, the Bible because you know there not a lot of people get the opportunity to read the Bible in China uh, because of the government censorship. So, um, I think this is a new concept on spirituality that feels the vacuum in, in mainland China because people have been yearning and longing for spiritual knowledge and spiritual information. And this book fills uh-huh. the vacuum. So I think if any of the, the books can get into China, I think uh, you'll be very popular um, because people are looking for such books. Yeah, it, okay. It's... It, it, Let's bring Roderick uh, back in since, uh, you know, we've, uh, everyone just presented some uh, fascinating information. And Roderick, when you you were at the um, uh, party at uh, uh, Bill's, House for the you know, Consciousness uh, Award, and uh, you know, you're doing your shows. You have uh, you know a lot of people opening up to you. What is it about you? And, and we can probably say, uh, say the same uh, about Michael. Is well, all. Everyone on the panel, uh, you know, really uh, has a way about them that lets people um, express, you know, these u- unique stories. It, it, uh, but you know, R- Roderick, you know, what is it about the way you present? 
your information that people uh, want to call into uh, Why the Big Secrets and discuss their story with you? Um, and that's a great question. And I think that what I try to do, uh, for starters, is to provide people with enough information that they can read, things that they can see, uh, hear, to awaken the possibility or their curiosity to the possibility that we're not alone in the universe. I start there. I also uh, start with the, you know, energy or consciousness or the frequency to let people know that, you know, unlike most people who are not going to go on the journey with you with your story, you know, I use the terminology I believe you believe, and and so if someone's sharing their information, you know, and they ask me, Roderick, do you believe me? And I'm going to tell them, I believe you believe what has happened to you, and therefore that's enough for me to go on the journey with you. That's all. But I try to employ what I call infotainment because this, this, this subject is so serious all the time, and people are just, you know, they just freak out about it in some cases. So I, I bring in infotainment. I like to give them the information, but also a little humor. You know, we can talk about it. We can laugh about it. We can laugh about what happened to you. Uh, because it's, And then once we get them to understand it's not just you, um, then we do that. But I, I try to, you know, uh, first give people the, just the first simple implications of what we're talking about, especially when it comes down to the biblical side that Samuel and, and, and Michael eloquently talked about, and that is, you know, hey, go to Genesis chapter 1, verse, you know, 26 or whatever, and the Scripture says, let's make man in our image. Because people always say, well, what do the aliens look like? I say, well, what if we look like them? You know, but, you know, everyone knows your kid can go to school and you know, write a sentence and says our family had dinner tonight. That that means cool. That means that there was more than one person sitting at the table. And when Genesis says let's make man in our image, in the likenesses of ourselves, I, that's, that's somebody's talking. A group of folks are saying this, or two, three, four. So that, that I tell them that, but I don't try to go in hard to say, okay, this is the, you know, whatever. You just think about it, ponder on it, and then hopefully that opens the, the curiosity. Now, another part of this that Michael was saying that, you know, yeah, we, we got fact and fictions, right? We, we have, you know, a lot of these TV shows and TV movies, they're, this is scripted. They're writing this stuff up. Um, and, it's helping us. It's helping us to get curious about things. But on the up flip side, of like you said, where's these true stories? You know, where you know the people that are coming forward that have real encounters. And so I tried to give a little history lesson. You know, I tell people that, and some people may say, "Why? What does it matter?" You know, go okay. If you heard of the Red Tails story of the the. the the fighter group in World War II and how uh, heroic they were. Um, and, and people, most people in the African-American community can resonate with that story. The Tuskegee Airmen, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I flip them and say, uh-huh. okay, well, one of those guys, one of those guys stayed on 
and and he stayed in the Air Force for 35 years. This is one of the original guys who painted his tail red. His name is uh, Colonel Colonel Friend. He's he's passed away now. He died. He's I think 96 years old. But this guy in 1958 and 1963, he's African American, ran the U.S. Air Force Project Blue Book. Right. This is one of the most infamous stories, the bedrock stories that we've heard. There's been books, television shows. There have been hundreds of articles, Professor Hynek, this and that. But you wouldn't hear one echo of this man and his heroic from the Red Tails on to one of the biggest programs of all time is Project Blue Book. Your audience can Google it right now, Alfred Colonel Friend. And, and why was that, right? Why was that? Well, maybe in the time that this went down, you know, we're talking about a time in 1958, there weren't no colonels that want to attach themselves of a power to the UFO phenomenon. Are you crazy? I'm not ruining my career. So if we're going to ruin somebody's career, let's give it to this minority guy. And then, okay, I can say that was it. But then right after him was Quintanilla. He's Hispanic. You ain't heard that, right? We just hear the other uh-huh. stories. And I, and, I, and I think it's important because once we can make those dots and connect that we have had some implications or, or, or the past connected, more people may feel comfortable to begin to say, okay, maybe we can do this. And then we can go back to the slavery days. And I'm still investigating this. But, you know, all the books, Michael will tell you, you know, when we think about the ancient civilization, they call UFOs or UAPs chariots because they didn't have a name for them. They didn't name them UFOs. But go back to our folklore of slave songs, one in particular, Swing low, sweet chariot, come to take me home. Why were they singing that? You know, I look over to Jordan, what did I see? Angels coming for me. Well, we know UFOs were flying over water. And when they said chariot, swing low, they had to have been out in those fields looking up saying, swing low, sweet chariot, get us out of this mess, right? So I'm still uh-huh. investigating those stories, but once again, we, we there's history, there's other things, and then I can even go further. Uh, but so real quickly, and I'll pass it back, is so I take what Michael says, you know, where we're trying to go here. I listen to Samuel, and he's correct uh, with people being open for it. And it's not a racial color thing. This is information search. We're trying to get more Story. What if we done had half of the stories or a quarter of those stories not being told, and within there is layered some truth, some truth that we can connect dots that everybody's still looking for, and the same audience is going to want to hear them. It's got no color to it. We're talking about extraterrestrials. We're talking about contact. We're talking about spiritual. So if you then take it back to, like he said, and, and I'll land this plane, well, I'm going to call it a UFO. I'm going to land a UFO here, is that, it is a spiritual thing. It's a taboo subject in our community. It has to, and, and, and people can't go with this thing. It's just too much, and it's too much emotional because of, people don't want to be uh, ridiculed. You know, I know people that will tell, tell you or tell their spices 
for the dead bodies of buried before they tell them about their UFO encounter. That's how powerful this thing is. And and so we, we I just I just want to create a place to start the conversation, get people comfortable where other people are sharing, and then ultimately, because I I truly believe that our young folks today are religiously and emotionally bankrupt, and they're lost, they're wandering, they think they're crazy, and they think that they're having these dreams and these connections and nobody will believe them, but they're not crazy. And I I want to make sure they know that a lot of people are having those experiences at night and being contacted. You can talk about it. You're not crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 uh, okay, I I have one, okay, uh, question, and maybe Ramona uh, could uh, uh, follow up with um, my statement, but you know, Roger was just talking about you know, uh, talking about UFOs might be taboo in uh, the community, but it UFO documentation you know, did, did you know, start in uh, Egypt and you know, have it in uh, you know, many other Mediterranean and Middle Eastern countries. Um, and so, how, how, oh, uh, it you know, shows up uh, there too. But you know, I just uh, wanted to work in. Uh, where it the the documentation the you know uh, Moses following the uh, pillar of fire at night through uh, you know the Sinai Peninsula uh, you know th- throughout uh, the Middle East for forty years um, you know, a lot of this stuff was cited and documented. Um, in in and around uh, Africa, how how do we uh, bring bring it back to it? It's taboo to talk about it now, but African co- communities were the first were, were one of the first to document it. But you know, it's also uh, been documented. Uh, Around the world since you know, like uh, deep antiquity, like Ramona said, with the uh, Lasco uh, cave uh, paintings from you know thirty thousand years ago. Michael, is that uh, something for you to answer? I'm I'm much. Uh, well, here's what I, well, you, I mean, that's a lot of, that's think, a lot of questions. That's a lot I of think questions. the African, you know, I think the African <laughs> culture and these other cultures go back. You forget that this United States uh, is a new, is the newest 
thing on the block. And so these other cultures, Africa, China, Japan, um, South America, all of these are old, ancient civilizations. And this was commonplace. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell by, by all the antiquities that we see in the structures, et cetera, et cetera. This was commonplace. This was not unusual, you know, and then you have to, to read. So how do you get uh, more people interested in this? Because it is a natural phenomenon, I believe, because it's not anything new. It's new to this civilization, but it's not new to the ancient civilizations, and they've proven that. Um, so I think that uh, the more books that are written, the more uh, the more discussions that are held can bring bring out and make people feel more comfortable because they're experiencing it here. They 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 are. They just don't know what to call it because. You know, when you think of aliens, you think of little green men. So if they're not seeing a little green man, they don't know. But I do want to um, say to the listeners out there is that if you have time periods where you they're lost to you, if you have... Uh, something that comes into your room and and visits you or pulls you up, you're not crazy. There are others that are experiencing that also. There's no such I, thing yeah, as yeah. crazy like that. I, I, I mean, I, I, Michael. No, no, I, I was, I was going to, um, no, I, I mean, absolutely. Um, well, absolutely with you, Ramona. I was thinking about, um, listen, Egypt is mentioned almost 700 times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, 25 times. So you see right there the influence in that part of the world. Um, you know, there's no, back then there was no such thing as the Middle East. That's a pretty modern concept you still have right. Egyptians you still have Egyptians who won't acknowledge that Egypt is part of Africa um, which I find troubling but but it is Egypt is part is part of Africa but geopolitically um, a lot of their ambassadors a lot of their envoys there's Egypt and then there's the rest of the continent the, the the point I'm trying to make by that, and that may be the continents were probably closer back then. I mean, it, the land masses were probably closer. But trying to get back to your original query was this. Um, and this, I think this is unconscious in the psyche of our nation. But we are a nation, collectively speaking, that are just getting it that people of color are human beings, that there's a humanity there and so you know 
when I hear people say some of these extraterrestrials look just like us, I wonder when you say us, are you talking just about blonde, blue-eyed people? Are you talking about just the dominant culture? Um, because it's very different. It may be unconscious. But are you saying, um, and, and, I, and I, I had a healing from a blonde, blue-eyed uh, 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 brother who was an extraterrestrial. I thought it was, he was Palladian. My point being, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm thinking they look at race the way we do, just like um, back in, in biblical times and beyond. They didn't look at race the way we look at it now, especially here in the United States. But when I hear white brothers and sisters who are contactees or maybe not or have read, read literature and they say, well, I heard, you know, they, they, they look just like us, I'm not always sure they include me in that. Because well, of the depictions that I see. Yeah, but, you but know, I, there's I just so many different races. Well, well, it's also that thing that if you're blonde, blue-eyed, the Palladians are beautiful and sweet, and they are the good ones. And then there's the greys, and there's reptilians, and they're the bad ones. And it's just so unconscious that that's not always true. If you look at the literature, if you look at some of the things that may have been going on, going on in Nazi Germany, a lot of these blonde, blue-eyed Palladians were not the benevolent yeah. ones. So, and so also, it's, too, what if, it's just in our psyche as Americans that we're, we're, we're just split along those racial lines. But when, when, you, when someone says, and I'll shut up, Ramona, well, they, they, they look just like us. I'm not sure they're talking about they look like me this lifetime. Well, I just had a thought. What if, like a lot of other mystical uh, things, uh, that they appear before you with something that you're comfortable with? Maybe they have that wisdom enough to not try to frighten you so much, or maybe they can tell what you can handle. And so they appear to you in your mind's eye a certain way of with something that you're familiar with. Because I, I, I just, you know, like I, I look back on the one that came to me, and I looked, I searched, I searched the Internet, you know, through all these drawings because that's all we have are drawings of someone who who's seen something and I couldn't find it. So, so maybe it, that's why they look you know, well, they, they, they well, look mean, just I like mean, us. There's there's literature that will that that says, you know, that people have said, well, you know, that's what I mean, that's what screen memories are all about. I but they I mean, when they came to me, I wish they would have come to me with something I could have handled because they scared the, you know, what out of me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so, but, but, but again, I don't, I'm, and it's not like I'm trying to give people an out, but I'm just saying that in America, we are such a racialized society, especially in the dominant culture that, I mean, I've, I've shown pictures of extraterrestrials who were Brown, just people's renditions. 
I just put something yeah. on Facebook a while ago, uh, a few weeks ago, um, talking about this new movie coming out called Anunnaki. And they were all brown. And, yeah. and some of my white friends were like, oh, well, that looks kind of interesting. And, 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 and if you called them on it, they would have probably gotten defensive. But if, if they were blonde, blue-eyed, there wouldn't have been that hesitation. That's all I'm saying. I'm yeah. just saying that, you know, this is the world that we, this is the culture that we live in. And all this plays a part in how we perceive, how we look at reality. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there's yeah. still that, still that aesthetic, that blonde, blue-eyed is beauty. And that's the aesthetic. Hitler tried, Hitler perverted it, and he wasn't even blonde, blue-eyed. Um, yeah, and, and but, so but most of the, the that's all I'm people saying. don't see that, though. They don't see that. They they have the people of color. Know, people of color see. It. People of color see it. Yeah, and and also too, um, two pilots that was in that hearing. One of the pilots, and I read another article, a disclosure article, um, that this particular spaceship, I guess if that's what you want to call it, was piloted by black skinned beings. Yeah. They, yes, you know, I've heard about that. You know, so it's that the more that people come out with these descriptions, then the bigger the field gets. Uh, I, I people, agree, Ramona, and that's why what that's why what Roderick is doing is so important because we need to hear other stories. Yes. Yes. Well, it, we yes. need to hear um, other narratives. Well, yes. it, um, you know, uh, Robert Temple has, you know, that serious mystery book and that is presenting uh, astronomical scientific achievements of the Dogon tribe from yes yes like yeah yeah uh, uh, approaching about a thousand years ago uh, maybe not uh, that might be a little too far back but yeah they they, that that tribe um uh where they uh are they from northwestern africa is that Yes. The general, the, yeah, the general yeah. location. The, yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, they, they were... I'm looking for the book. It's in my library while you talk. Go on. Yeah, but, uh, but, but, but they were uh, uh, far more advanced in uh, astronomy than, you know, uh, by the time Galileo even showed up. Exactly. And and people say, well, where are they getting this knowledge? So 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 I mean, I think we've, you know, it's it's, you know, we just we just need to be comfortable hearing other people's stories. I see it in the world of religion, and and you know, yeah, and, and the attitude is, well, you know, Christianity is the real religion. The other ones we kind of tolerate, wink, wink, but we know it's about that, and that's just not true. It's, 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 it's that all, all, all of these perspectives bring something to the table and that we're all richer for it. 
And so diversity doesn't have to mean divisiveness, and it doesn't mean that you give up your uniqueness because we're all unique. But I think that um, we're on the brink of something here. Um, uh, it's, you know, human evolution is slow. I couldn't wait to look at the man who fell to earth. You know, I mean, the, the, the three leads were, were, were people of color. Of course, Cheetahwell Edgefor is, a, 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 you know, just the most talented, one of the most talented actors that we have. Uh, he, Denzel, you know, and so male, male Afri- uh, African-Americans, or he is African, he's Nigerian. But to see him play this extraterrestrial, you see, and be the lead. Uh, you know, when was the last time you saw that? Hopefully yeah. we'll see more of it. Okay. Yeah, uh, well. Uh, Michael's. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, uh, um, uh, Michael, since you, you were uh, you know, just bringing up, uh, you know, like, Christianity is you know, kind of like how most uh, – People are seeing UFOs through that uh, religion. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a paraphrase. But I wanted uh, to bring Samuel in to see what uh, uh some of the japanese may uh you know might be able to get into some of the uh pacific island uh folklore of um you know we've covered that on a show when we had uh, Merle Fankhauser as a guest uh, you know with his some of his songs about uh uh based on um uh hawaiians talking about um uh, silver shells flying out of the ocean. Um, Samuel, how how has some of the um, Asian uh, Pacific rim uh, face uh, shaped how that they view this phenomenon. I mean, um, for for the people in the Pacific Islands, like uh, I was in East Island uh, a few years ago, and the oh, okay. most uh, <laughs> yes, the the most interesting question I asked about them was, um, who do you think that built the statues on East Island the most? And a lot mm-hmm. of them said it, they were there before they arrived on the island. So they have a lot of uh, history and that they don't know about. So they, but they had a legend saying that there were kind of seven masters that were the original um, kind of uh, emperors or, or masters of the island and, or like the saints, seven saints on the island. And, um, uh, that kind of co- co- coincides with the story in, in the book, uh, Field of Prophecy, that talks about the, uh, uh, the history of um, the ancient civilization Lemuria, uh, which 
was uh, a very successful continent in which people lived uh, in a very civilized and spiritual manner in which money did not exist. So people just took whatever they wanted or they needed from the market, paying them back or having anything exchange. So no one took advantage of each other. And uh, they lived a very sophisticated life in which they were able to use advanced technologies like uh, anti-gravitational technologies and also supersonic vibratory systems to build the Moat, the statues on Easter Island. So they have a very interesting and very uh, successful uh, civilization, which uh, unfortunately disappeared about 14,500 years ago when the entire continent uh, sunk into the ocean. And, and Easter Island and Hawaiian Islands are part of the remnants of the, uh, the continent. And, um, and if you look at the people um, on the Pacific Islands, they um, had a lot of uh, traditions that kind of like the interesting dances, um, dances that are really unique. And they lived a very spiritual life until the Western civilization and the materialistic way of living invaded their ways of life. Um, similarly, the people in Africa and the people in Latin America got into the same way. The traditional tribes in Africa and Latin America still are living in a very spiritual life form, and they're able to have a lot of very interesting spiritual psychic powers. Like I just read the news that the, some of the tribes in Latin America, in, um, in the Amazon region, Amazon rainforest, they still communicate with each other through telepathy. And it's mm -hmm. also interesting that a lot of uh, the phenomena such as uh, ghosts that people see, some people can see ghosts, can be explained in the book, The Oba Prophecy. And also a lot of the ancient uh, knowledge um, had been passed down to the people in, in, in Latin America, in Africa, and also in the Pacific Islands, like the way of using herbs, using herbal medicine to treat different diseases. And um, and I think uh, right now people are seeing uh, UFOs or UAPs. Uh, it's uh, it's nothing, um, nothing new to them. And they, they just, uh, they have seen that, they saw that in the past, in the, um, in the, in the structures, in the archeology, arche, arche, some of the archeological sites, they, you can still see the drawings of spacemen and with flying saucers. So I don't think it's something new to them. And I think uh, uh, they can connect that very, very easily to their uh, traditional cultures. Okay. How about uh, like uh, Buddhism or some of the traditional <clears throat> uh, faiths of Japan? Well, uh, the Japanese uh, people, they believe in a unique form of Buddhism. And uh, the people in Taiwan, they believe in the Buddhism from uh, from India. And the people in China, oh. they say they believe in Buddhism, but they worship money. <laughs> so they don't really believe in the Buddhism that uh, that has been passed to, the, to, to Taiwan or Japan. Um, so people just... Uh, pray for good money, so it's not really Buddhism. <laughs> so, so, so I think, uh, um, but, but more and more, the younger generations are, are starting to wake up. So they still, they are able to see that old religions 
all come to one, which is the to how to live a more spiritual life. But in Buddhism, it teaches people how to live in a in a very spiritual life by not worrying about money, by not worrying about all the complicated relationships and uh, the politics and things like that. And, and also, uh, and people start to realize that uh, if you really look at the Bible, it's the teaching of the Christ that people should follow, not like uh, the organized religion, what we call the Christianity, or certainly not the Catholic religion, the Pope that we should follow. It's the teachings of Christ that we should follow how to love one another, how to love ourselves, and how to, how to pray to God and how to be connected to God um, and um, the source of the creation. And people are starting to see that uh, um, we should uh, live more harmoniously and to really take care of our environment and also to realize what's really going on behind the scenes. Who really creates the wars? who really create the religious conflicts and who really create the racial segregation or conflicts? Is it really the people? No, it's not the people. We, I love my black brothers and, and Caucasian brothers and, and white brothers, and, 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 but who really are dividing the nation, dividing the different races? Like, I've been doing a lot of research on this aspect. Um, it's, it's the concept of conquer and divide that's really doing the the, the the things that we have been seeing so far in the last few years. It's not the people, it's not the mass, it's the power, it's a small group of people who uh, who's trying to benefit and, and profit themselves by creating such conflicts. If people have the knowledge to know what's really going on behind everything, then we can do something together. And we, the all the people in the world, regardless of the race, regardless of the skin color, we can unite and really work together and to really bring um, the, consciousness, the, the consciousness of the people to a level in which we can have a strike. Uh, remember that the rich people, the wealthy, the small group of people, they rely on us to profit themselves. If we stop working for them, if we have a strike using nonviolent resistance, such as uh, what, uh, just like what Dr. Martin Luther King preached or suggested, nonviolent resistance, we can rise up against tyranny and to really um, have, really to um, bring everything, bring everything together so that they have to listen to our demands so we can create a better world, a more harmonious world in which all the people uh, work together and, and harmoniously without any issues that we have been seeing today. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it, Absolutely. Okay. It, it, yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Samuel. And, and let's bring in Roderick. Uh, how have your experiences shaped your approach to helping others. Now, are you meaning from um, me seeing a like, UFO when I was 12 years old? Yeah. Well, my experience is, you know, of course, just seeing a UFO um, 
for me, it's just something that I saw and when I was 12 years old, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and then the dots start connecting. But when it comes down to taking that experience and, and to help people, you know, because it was something I never talked about when I was a kid, and I just kept it, you know, underneath it, you know, but it was seared in my mind. But as the months and years rolled by, I didn't know how significant it would play a role in, into my search as an adult. But having knowing that, knowing how I looked at it or perceived it, uh, in fact, growing up in a house, you know, where my mom, we just, we're just not going to talk about these things. And knowing that I wasn't the only one that was under the umbrella of Christianity, then it made me understand the fact that there was a lot of people that were dealing with these experiences that they needed a more ground approach. And so that's where I kind of be here with Project Black is because, yeah, okay, there's a lot of spiritual side of this. There's a lot of high thoughts and in, in, in things, but, you know, what if I can start with the basics uh, of people who just, like, you know, don't even there, – there's millions of people that still think UFOs and aliens is a joke, but those same people are having sleep paralysis. Those same people are, are you know, waking up with these little scars, right. having dreams. You know, they're they're just having all of the symptoms that there's a possible abduction in their life or con- some type of contact. And Absolutely. because of the way society, society is put together, they are not going to put two, two together and say, oh, wait a minute, this is, you know, now we're talking about uh, off-worldly events, but instead they're going to go in silent, they're going to implode. And my, and my personal sentiment, and, and that's just me, and I'm not saying it's not for everybody, but I do believe as we push for disclosure, as we want more and more people, you know, we got the congressional hearings, we have all of these things, I, that, I don't, that's not filtering down to my community. I don't hear our radio stations local talking about, hey, did you see the congressional hearing, the whistleblowers? You know, that's not filtering down. Um, so when we think about the, the, the top layer of that, when you think about David Grush, and, well, yeah, he says, well, you know, not the fact that we got airplanes that concerns me or spacecraft. It's when he says we found some that was abandoned. You know, who, what do you mean abandoned? That means somebody's walking among us. And so all of those things lead to us to say, okay, if something can walk among us, and go undetected, it has to blend in. It has to look something like us. And like Michael says, it doesn't, you know, there's a lot of storylines behind that. And, yeah, we still, no matter what, going to get the blue-eyed alien and the blue-eyed Jesus, of course, right? We're going to get the story. Whoever's telling those stories are still shaping them. Uh, but everyday people in my community is not going to handle an extraterrestrial if he comes out tomorrow. Now, let me just say this. Dr. Edward Douglas Edward Haynes, you all can look him up, okay? He's a he's an African-American brother. He's a scientist. He studied. Uh, he, he was actually built the first airline or the first airlines in African-American. It was a small airline. He sold it. His father was into modern planes. But he's also played with, you know, systems, and he built the first uh, he he's into the electric car, not a flying car race right now, but he has a car concept. That's a that's a um, it's a it's a um, 
flying saucer. And it's like, okay, it's a flying car, but it's a flying saucer. And he contacted me, and he said, I've been watching you. I've been watching Project Black, and, and he, he watched a, a, a video that Samuel and I did on Forbidden Knowledge. And he said, you know, I have all the patents, technology. I'm building a space transportation It'll take me another 10 years, you know, but he's worked with NASA. He, he, he worked with a lot of these bigger companies, and or some of them gotten used as technology. And he says, you know, I want to give Project Black access to all of my patents, all of my technology. And he says, as, I, as I'm building a space transport, he says, I want to give you this access so that you can build a craft to go look for the black planets or, or the and for a moment, it was like a joke to me, like, what? And then once I thought about it, the conversation that Sammy and I had and a lot of other people that, okay, there's an origination from somewhere. And then I thought about everything starts with a dream. Then that joke for five minutes turned into a reality of like, wait a minute, all of this is coming together, you know, as we search and find out, find out what some of these people are being contacted, who's contacting them, are they seeing you know, star constellations, like you mentioned with the Dogon tribe, you know, all of this stuff, it, it seems strange, but it, it got to come together somewhere. And it got to start meaning that either messages have been sent and they've been ignored, cut off, changed, uh, or we just go beyond where we are today in our minds and begin to know that there's some higher things at work. We know this and Let's go explore it together. So we're going to talk about all of that. And so when you got Ramona talking about her story, you got Samuel, you know, coming from a whole different culture, but lining things up. And then, of course, Michael, with all his experiences, and not experiences, but his experience at what we're talking about. You know, and so it's just been a a brilliant thing for a collection of people that are coming on board. And my, my main thing is, we're going to start that conversation, and we're going to talk about all of this crazy stuff. And then one day somebody's going to walk out of there and say, I'm not crazy. It wasn't crazy stuff. Exactly. So that's where we're going to exactly. go. Exactly. Exactly. And also, too, to add to that, is that so far the, even the information that we do have it it is kind of boxed in, but when you realize that these encounters and these experiences manifest in different ways, more people can relate to it and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, because everybody's thinking, oh, I have to be taken up and probed and everything, but what if it's not that? What if it's like, being just simply transported to someplace else? Um, What if it's like um, having a problem and then having the answer downloaded to you that you wouldn't ordinarily know or either find the solution to, but bam, there it is. I mean, it's, it's so imperative that we widen the scope, widen it, and and get as many people talking about it. And the first thing that has to be done is the government has to put lying to us, lying to the people. 
And I think once they stop lying and tell the truth, then it will be like a floodgate opening up. I mean, also we can start working to have a grassroots movement just to educate the mass, the people, and to have a revolutionary kind of um, kind of movement so that the people yeah. can learn that the government is lying and intentionally deceiving us and so that the people, the general public, will have the knowledge to distinguish the lies of the government and also the truth that that we have been trying to bring out. And I think, uh, back to Roderick's point, I think it's very important that all the people on Earth that work together, utilizing the resources that we can put up together. For example, in terms of technologies, we have um, certain uh, technologies that can benefit uh, the, the people on Earth, then we can utilize the manufacturing, manufacturing talents in Taiwan or China or even Japan just to... Uh, produce uh, certain um, certain devices that can really bring out the free energy devices, um, so that people don't have to rely on the petroleum uh, the, or gasoline. So I think um, there are a lot of things that we can collaborate and cooperate together. It has to be international. It has to bring all the races of people together, and we have we are all brothers. We are all created by God, and we should work together and to bring the messages out that people can have um, the knowledge uh, and to join us and to participate in our movement. And um, hopefully we can do something together and to succeed uh, uh, in what we, have to, what we are going to be doing. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, and I, I have uh, – everyone just uh, presented some interesting – um, phrases that yeah, maybe we can say we can link them together, but uh, Roderick uh, you know, used uh, the term of uh, uh, you know, like trying to process all this crazy stuff, and Ramona said widen the scope, and Samuel was talking about. Uh, you know, a, a call for an educated citizenship, and all of that would you know, be dependent on um, the appearance of a mentor that Michael writes about in Initiation. I, it, it, so, uh, Michael, how, how do we get other than the four people on tonight's panel? How, how do that's a start? But how, how do we get you know, these mentors to <clears throat> get the word out from everyone that hey, this. Uh, UAP UFO stuff is really uh, happening. You know, we need to deal with it, etc. Well, I'm going to be honest with you, brother. I don't know if that's even really possible. There, there are eight nine billion people on the planet. 
So I will go back to what's doable, and I think it does start. Um, when I met Roderick, I had talked to maybe a few other people of color who were talking about doing what Roderick has done. And that's the difference. Uh, and there's no disrespect to them, but talking about it and putting it together is something else. You know, I look at some of the teachings of Jesus and um, – you know, you know, when people are ready, they will do what they need to do. So I don't think that it's about how do we convert all these people. That's not the word you use. But I'm just saying you plant the seed and it will grow and some, some seeds won't grow. I mean, I think he did a parable about this. I, I, I think we have to do what's doable. Otherwise, it's overwhelming. And you want to have realistic expectations. There are people, Mark, that if, if a ship landed in their backyard, they would still deny it. <laughs> and so um, for me, it's just about um, just going where people are open. Those people that are open will come to you. Those people are, that are not won't. And I think that's doable. I think that this is the beginning, uh, Roderick has already said, about people coming out of the woodwork, people he didn't even expect. He put the intention out, the universe will feed on it. We're not going to get everybody. We may not get half of everybody, but the people we need to get, we will. And, you know, we, we can be mentors and we can also be mentored too. Um, but that's, that's how I would roll with this, because the government is not going to stop lying. That's not what governments do. Um, even now, uh, with all that Brother Grush is talking about and what have you, we still have this stone wall going on. But you can't put the genie back in the bottle. We're already in disclosure. But if you're waiting for the government, or for a president to come out and say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, there's something else. That's a fool's errand. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. What may happen is, um, well, what's happening is what's, what's really going on now. You've got some people who want disclosure in high places. You've got some people who don't. And so we just have to face that fact. And luckily, there are people like Grush and, and Greer and other people who are, are working to make this happen. We have to be mentors, but we also have to be smart. It's the long game. The only way the government will stop lying, in my humble opinion, is if we do what Mandela and those folks did in South Af Africa, if we say there's going to be amnesty if we have a Truth and Reconciliation Committee, and that there are people who were murdered, people who were in the wrong place at the wrong time, people who had lost their lives, driven to suicide, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, if we can say that's behind us now, like South Africa did, that we're going to start from here on in, but you've got to be transparent. Maybe then you'll have some folks who'll say, okay, I can come forward, but it, it just doesn't work that way. This is 
this is this is too deep. You got governments all over the world in cahoots trading technology who've been doing this since Eisenhower. So they're not going to just say, you know what, we just need to come clean. But what we can do is work smart. Uh, we can take care of our part of the garden, which is what we're doing right now. We're doing it right now. Keep getting the call, Brother Roderick. You are putting this out there. No one else has done this. Uh, Ramon is coming up, giving a historical perspective. Brother Chung is coming. This is how it starts. And there'll be maybe the other people who said they were going to do this will be working on it in their way. So I'm 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 excited about what we're doing now, but I also want to keep it. Um, I also want to keep it realistic. Like I said, there's 9 billion people on the planet. We're not going to get them all on the same page, ever. Hey, I appreciate you, Michael. And Ramona, um, since you're, you know, the, well, and, and, and you know, you and Barbara are the two lone women on this uh, panel, what are what are you seeing from uh, you know a female perspective that guys might need to improve on? And it'd be wow. just any guy, not not just uh, anyone on tonight's panel, but you know what. You know what? You know what's a per- perspective that you 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 uh, w- w- would recommend to improve communications? Well, that's a hard question. Um, I think about that all the time. Um, I. I feel that there's a need to to re revisit everything and that could be impossible. But look at the Bible and a different the scriptures, the the stories, all in all religions. Try to merge them, try to look at them in a different uh, perspective um, because a lot of the truth there is truth in all all of it all of it there is some truth in all of it and it's like a puzzle that needs to be put together but you can't have a mindset you need an open mind uh, a open mind a mind devoid if that's at all possible, which I don't think it is, but devoid of preconceived notions. And therein will lie, lie the answer. I read as much as possible, especially now, because I, I, I'm, I'm just feeling this pressure um, and that there is about to be an unveiling I really do believe that. I just don't know what is going to be unveiled. 
But the truth eventually will come out. And we just have to keep being open with people, uh, keep putting it out there. Um, and like I said, we, we have to get outside of the box and and take a look at at what we have classified as some other kind of experience and maybe it falls into um, this whole realm because I think it's all connected. I really do. I hope that makes okay. sense. No, I, I, I think it did. Yeah, Roderick, you wanted to say something? No, I, I was just agreeing with her. I mean, it's it's uh, we have to go back and begin searching for those truths um, because obviously now the the stories that we've gotten that have gotten us thus far, there begin to be holes in them, and it's and it's growing. And it's nothing. It's nothing like with the Vatican. You know what did they do last year? They called in all of these religious leaders across the world so that they can get on one page or one accord to say, okay, if the extraterrestrials rebuild themselves, then we're gonna have to tell them that they, you know, they support Jesus too. You know, they have to keep the doctrine in place, but yet. I think the younger people and ourselves, as we give them that curiosity approach, may begin to just search for the answers. And not that everything in the Bible is untrue. We just need to uh, qualify a few things based upon what we do know now, right? And so, and there's nothing wrong with going down that journey as we uh, go through what we're doing here, and because and, it's going to take us in all of those areas. It's going to open up all of those stories, and uh, and it's going to take people in a place that they're not going to be, they're not going to comprehend. It's going to make them go home and uh, question the narrative to the person who taught them the things that don't make sense. Yeah, you know, and so uh, it, it's going to be a big deal. And, and but don't let it yet just pop up on us. And the extraterrestrial show up tomorrow and say, oh, by the way, here's the story. I know our community will be just flat out nuts. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. So, so at yep. this point, you know, now now I'm also concerned about the future of the youth because we're moving into what I call a space economy. All right, we're we got space tourism. We have all of these different things, and we so we got a faction of our population and our culture that will tell their youth today it is nothing out there. Don't look up to the stars. Don't. God says everything is here, here, here. But that 20 years from now, that particular young kid is going to be working in space tourism. He's going to be getting on a spaceship thing that's going to take him to space faster than I can get from one end of Dallas to the next, you know, within minutes. And then he's going to be looking out the window, and he's going to be sitting there, and he's going to see something fly by wave and don't look like us. And he's going to be freaked out while there's going to be some other ones sitting there laughing like, oh, there he is, there he is, you know, the only because his parents, his surroundings won't allow his mind to expand to the curiosity that there's more out there than what he's been taught. So that's going to be a problem, all right? We got our, like Michael said, everybody wants disclosure. Do we really want disclosure? I was on a plane to Miami last month. And it had a lot of turbulence. But could you imagine us getting off the plane 
and they handed me a brochure and said, by the way, because you want disclosure, that it was a UAP that passed by. Oh, it cut off our, our instrument panels, but don't worry. The, the skill, ninja skills of the pilots, you know, we didn't crash. But is that disclosure you want? You know what I'm saying? Or do you want to look down and your neighbor's grass is growing and you – all right, you call the homeowners, and then they give you a report because you want disclosure that he'd been abducted, and that's about the third one in your neighborhood, but we got to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you want that type of disclosure? <laughs> so I don't know what we really want, but I, what I do know is we got to restart those conversations. <laughs> and I'd like to say for those uh, that don't want to look out the um, explanations that have been preached to them uh, using the scriptures that I think it's in Corinthians, but there's something that says something like, for by him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether they are kings, lords, rulers, or powers. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. The verses that they skip over, perhaps you should pay more attention to those and find out what is it trying to tell you. Because if it says visible and invisible, that is letting you know that there are things that are not as clear. And black and white. So, in order to have an, ex- if you have an experience, if you want to uh, understand the UFO interest, it does not mean that you're going against God, but that you're going deeper into God. Unquote. So you're not hell bound. You can still question, and there are other things. You just have to be ready to to find it out. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Uh-huh. Ask and it shall be given. That's there's a lot in that. Okay, um, Michael, what what, what is, is there a role that um, regression could play in um, aiding this communication process. Yes, um, I, I think um, it, it plays an important role. It certainly helped me, and this is what uh, the late John Mack was about. Of course, there were people before John Mack, um, but uh, and Bud, the late Bud Hopkins. Yes, it can a, a good regressionist. I think that is key. Uh, the person needs to be very skilled because you're dealing with the psyche. You know, you're dealing with the mind. Um, but a skilled regressionist, I think, can lead you on the way to healing, to to help you accept what what has happened to you whether you consider it a positive experience or, or not, um, a good regressionist can, can help guide and navigate 
because you still have to um, you still have to live. You still I, I could I could you know when when we hang up in a few minutes, you know I could get a visit tonight. Um, good or not good, but I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to pick up my daughter tomorrow. You know life goes on. Bills have to be paid. Relationships have to be sustained. Um, but a good, a good, a good a hypnotherapist is worth their weight in gold. Okay, and, and you know, possibly tied to um, a regression uh, session. Uh, you know, there's the uh, generational uh, uh, visitations, it, you know, j- just it, if that is really happening, uh, then there are a lot more uh, you know, minority people being um, you know, uh, you know, be, being experienced or was visited by uh, ETs, um, you know, Roderick or Samuel, or, you know, when you talk with uh, people at uh, conferences, are they uh, di- discussing uh, ge- generational uh, contact? Yes, uh, you really cannot imagine how many people in China are kind of in their subconscious mind interest in, interested in this topic. It's just that in their daily life, they have to earn money, they have to work, and they have to deal with the so-called professionals that they hide their true um, subconscious mind to the extent that they they don't really explore this uh, publicly, but privately, if you tell them that, oh, I see uh, that uh, uh, there's an explanation about ghosts, on ghosts, uh, and, and they would be interested because a lot of Chinese people, they have seen ghosts before. Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and I think it's important to really to utilize and to bring our resources together and to help each other out, especially across different communities. Um, and uh, to, for example, I can refer uh, like a lot of Chinese uh, podcasts to to all of you, and and so that uh, you can have exposure, you can have exposure in in the Chinese communities, and also vice versa, and and people in China and Japan can know more about the experiences of um, of the African American communities, and also uh, the the people in Africa as well. So I think uh, it goes both ways that we need to unite and to work together and to to collaborate, to bring our resources together. And I also agree with Michael, what he said, some seeds will grow and some will not. And, but we have to try. We have to try so mm-hmm. hard in this lifetime so that when we pass on, when we reveal what, how we did in this lifetime, there will be no regret because we tried hard. And I think um, it's, it's, it's our life journey, 
and life purpose is to wake people up and to bring the consciousness levels uh, up to another um, level. Okay. Sounds, uh, 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 how, how about you, Roderick? Um, I think that um, in our community, we probably don't hear and, and probably never at this point a generational stories of this. Because, like I said, nobody talks about it. It's a taboo subject. It's a, uh, but I know it exists, you know, and I know that people will can connect the dots, you know, especially when it comes down to, you know, bloodline or Rh negative blood things to explore, you know. Um, so I agree with, uh, not so much agree, but I understand what uh, Sammy was talking about, you know. And but like I said, when it gets down toward here. I just, that is another part of the search, you know. There's a lot of people that's in a transition that were, you know, in the early ages of World War II wars and, you know, out on plantations or just whatever, and I need those stories. We need those stories before they go. We hope that they, we hope that this mission initiative would get someone to go to their grandmother and ask the question, you know, before time expires in this time you know hey grandma did you ever see your child yeah you know or just whatever because we just don't we don't have that there's no nothing being passed down there's nothing being told there's nothing being archived there's no you know uh, you know stories yeah yeah your daddy is an alien you know we don't know but yet those stories exist and maybe I'm just saying it from a you know elementary level, but yeah, I just I just want people to talk. I just want some. Come on, just sit down and talk to me. Tell me. So tonight I did a show right before we got here. I got a 24-hour hotline. You know, for the audience is 888-345-9121. It's got a kind of a long greeting. I'll change it, but tonight I got seven people that have left their stories, and I got eight, ten in the last. Uh, six days. And so, you know, I'm running little ads and stuff. Tell me your experiences. And hopefully we, you know, we get the the big one. I got a a whistleblower, I want to call it. You know, this gentleman was, uh, he was worked for a government contractor when he was 20 years old. He's 68 now. And he still cries about his experience because he still can't fathom what he saw, but he was in, uh, in Antarctica, worked for a private contractor. He gave me their name. He gave me all of the, you know, the company, the whole nine yards, and he talked about what he saw and you know, what what they were doing and who they was working with. But yet today, like I said, I, so he's willing to come forward. I have his. There's another gentleman who was the first person of color that was on the Nimitz, you know, that's ready to talk. So I'm I'm gathering. But still not enough, and my goal is to one day have an event, you know, get Michael Flown in here and Ramon, all these people where we can get on stage and then other people tell their stories, and now we can help them with what they cry about at night because a lot of them still do. Hopefully well, I answer where you were going. But. No, uh, yeah, you did, Roderick. Then it was uh, – powerful story you know uh, 
you know, we have under like four to five minutes uh, left. You know, maybe uh, uh, everyone could, you know, uh, have plenty of time to uh, plug uh, upcoming shows, appearances, uh, you know, whatever they're uh, working on. And, I mean, uh, uh, wrap wrap up the evening and uh, so so where uh I'm glad R- R- Ramona could make it even though she had a, a little problem with the uh uh <laughs> horse at Toys R Us this morning but uh <laughs> uh but but um yeah, you know, uh, we we could do that do that real quickly, and you know we'll uh, call call it a night. And you know, I just want to thank everyone for uh, su- such a fantastic show. So, uh, you know, uh, Roderick, do you want to uh, start off with all all the stuff sure. you're uh, doing? Yeah, sure. Um, if you anyone is listening that want to share your story or your experience and you, it don't matter if you're black or white we're in this together new stories is new stories but you ought to believe that um you can go to whydabigsecret.com um there is a contact form or it'll lead you to a contact form if you want to volunteer maybe you you want to help us and, and, and like i said i don't have a mission of everything but just just know that you're in the arsenal you can go to Secret. Get the contact form, fill in your name, your telephone number, and I will call you. But in the meantime, you know, I have a book that's coming out in a couple of months that's going to really tell some stories about where we are. It's called The Unspeakable Truth. Um, that'll be ready in a few months. I have a couple of documentaries that's going to come out. Uh, I've got a couple of big uh, TV projects that's in the making. Uh, and so all of this is leading us down this road. And so once again, the hotline, 888-345-9121. And, and so, um, Mark, I just want to thank you for allowing us to come together, all of us, as a collective uh, on this platform tonight and and really begin the process because all it takes is one conversation at a time, and we just started at a time. And so I appreciate it. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Why the Big Secret, on YouTube, Roderick Martin. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. You know, Roderick, I'm just ju- just really uh, th- very fortunate that you and the rest of the panel were he- here tonight. Uh, okay. Uh, Ramona, how about you? you? Have any conferences? Uh, no, I um I'm working on a book. The book title is uh, by any other name, and it is a book of my experiences throughout my life and hopefully it will spark something in someone to let them know that they're not alone. Okay. Uh, uh, Samuel and Michael, we have about a minute left, so uh, both of you can take 30 seconds uh, and then we'll have to wrap it up. Okay, um, I'm going to be back in Michigan 
in a couple of weeks. I better take a jacket because it's already in the 40s at night there. Um, it's at Lake Houghton, Michigan. It's the Michigan UFO Con. I'm working on a book of sermons that I hope to have out by Christmas, and I want to thank you and Barbara and all the guests for just making this a special night for me. Okay. Samuel? Yes, I'm still trying to um, promote the book, The About Prophecy and Helping People to Raise Their Consciousness Levels and to have knowledge and how to resolve and how to how to respond to the challenges um, in their lives and in their lives. So um, any um, suggestions or opportunities, uh, please let me know. And you can search my name on Google and find information about me. All right. Well, th- thanks again, everyone. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative. And uh, we'll see everyone Thanks, Sunday, for Barbara and Solaris. Talk, talk to you later. Yes.